This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 88. Two fat ladies, 88. (laughs) (laughs) 88 miles per hour. (laughs) (laughs) Marty. Dark. Great Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Is it two fat ladies? I, I meant to look up the bingo numbers. I'm um, sure it is, yeah. Is it? And we'll go with that. It's probably very politically incorrect now. We'll probably get some complaints. but <laughs> We might get, yeah, might get Ofcom on our backs now. Two nice one, ducks, Adam. Two little ducks, 22. Yeah. <laughs> two li- <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So two... Um, two medium-sized ladies. Two medium... I was trying to think eight. of a more politically correct way of putting... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but anyway, welcome to episode 88. Welcome to episode 88. We are your hosts, Gary and Adam. Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast, bringing you Doctor Who news, reviews, commentaries, and all the waffle that goes with it. We've got some big news today. Yeah, yes, at last. After yeah. last week's uh, barren landscape of no news, we've got the big one. Yeah. Well, a big one. Yeah. Um, probably the second biggest one in the sort of hierarchy of doctor who news that could possibly be presented yeah i should say so yeah um, so number one being a new doctor mm-hmm. number two being the companion and number three being new showrunner i suppose yeah something i guess and then yeah just file away in whatever order is appropriate after that <laughs> yeah <Pretty> much, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yes new companion we're going to spoke we're going to speak about that in length um, well, we're going to speak about it a little bit. It could be interesting because we've both gone to painstaking um, efforts to make sure that neither of us knows what the other one thinks, really. I've been really guarded about posting any of my thoughts online so that we can chat about it afresh. Yes, afresh. Yeah, so I have no idea what your thoughts of that little intro clip were, and I pretty sure you don't have any idea what my thoughts were do you no it, i don't at no. all and um this is Good. this is the one thing isn't it about running uh, a podcast about doctor mm. who because um it would be quite boring if we just let it all out you know when these things yeah. happen because when it came when it comes around to you guys listening to the podcast you're like well i already know what you've said and what you feel and stuff like that so exactly in a way it's kind of tricky to to kind of talk about things online but not give too much away about how we're feeling yeah and it's the same with an episode like when we review a review a classic episode i know most a lot of the time we tend to sort of have uh, are in agreement about how good it is or bad it is um but we never talk about it before nope. like i never know uh, or re- very rarely know what you think of an episode before we review it so and i like that because it's kind of going in fresh i mean it's a bit like when we did remembrance you know, and I obviously assumed you were going to love it. So it was great when I, when you come back and you're like, no, nah, I didn't, didn't, not so much the first time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, it's always good. Yeah. Keeping it fresh. Keeping it real. That's it. 
rolling true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you cool kids say. Yeah, so, yeah I did talk to well, no, we'll come on to the cool kids slang later on, won't we? Because <laughs> it's fat though, isn't it? In it. See yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> right. What have you been up to, mate? Anything cool, Doctor uh, um, Who related? Y- yes. Yes, I have. Is this um, a yes, as in like I'm going to kick off, or is it a yes? Well, no, I, I, um, <laughs> I am going to kick off slightly. My my day hasn't got off to a very good start because um, my Doc Two magazine has just arrived. Uh, it's obviously recording this on Thursday. It comes out today. Um, I subscribe to it, so it comes comes through the post. Um, and uh, I think it's fair to say that my my issue this month, which has an absolutely cracking cover of the Genesis of the Daleks target cover oh, it's beautiful doesn't it it's beautiful mm. except that my copy um looks like it's been chewed by a dog it oh is, no the postman has not only folded it in half what he's also shoved it through the letterbox at an angle so that it's actually bent and ripped down the spine so my <laughs> really peeved off because uh i'm gonna put i'll put a picture up on twitter later um it yeah it looks terrible so i'm gutted so i don't know whether to just go out and buy another copy or whether i can get a replacement but it's such a shame because it's a really great cover as well. But it, yeah, my copy has arrived worse, worse for wear, shall we say? It looks battered. So that's a, that's that's not got me off to a good start. But in other news, um, I had an absolutely fantastic Saturday um, last Saturday. I we were talking about the record store day and those two dot two records. Ooh, yes, okay. that came out: yep. the Dalek Invasion Earth and the Genesis of the Daleks vinyls. Um, I used to work in a record shop years ago for, for a very, very long time, and they all closed down, sadly. They were like a little independent record shop. Yeah. And um, the manager of the Amersham branch decided he would take over that shop and see if he could keep it going. So we've sort of, you know, um, not not really kept in touch because this is years and years and years years ago, but, you know, we, we still know each other, obviously. I thought, I'll just give Graham a ring. He'd just see if he had... You know, maybe he got a copy of them left on the shelf. This is obviously probably a week after Equestor sort of Day. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's like, you know, 15 years have passed since we last sort of worked together and spoke. And like, is that brilliant thing of picking up the phone and just being <laughs> like, it was yesterday. Graham, Adam, how are you? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm good, Graham. Um, you know, how's things, blah, blah, blah. Don't suppose you've got two, those uh, two Doctor Who vinyls that came out for Records Day. He's like, I, he's, I can't do Graham's voice. He's got one of those sort of very deep DJ voices. I, I have, as a matter of fact, he said. Somebody hid them. And he said, well, we're obviously planning to come back and buy them later. And he said, well, we were tidying up. I just found them both together behind Sheena Easton or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. He said, uh, so yeah, I'll put them by for you. So, I was just really chuffed to A, get them, B, get them from an actual record shop, yep, not, not cool. from eBay, and C, to get them for the, the price they should be. Because as you probably know, they're going for quite a lot more on eBay than, than they were originally. So yeah, I was absolutely chuffed last Saturday to, to, to finally get them. And they are really, really nice. Um, the, the Genesis ones like Blue Vinyl, the Dalek Invasion Earth soundtrack is a mm-hmm. double yellow vinyl. Um, yeah, really, really good. Really, really nice. I've got a picture of me holding them in front of the record shop. So thanks to the guys in, in Amersham, the record store. I was one very happy Doctor Who fan last week. God, man, that's awesome because yeah. I really wanted those. But I couldn't get out to, um, I just couldn't get out to, a, like you say, a lot of record shops have closed down over the years, unfortunately. But mm. it's weird, isn't it? Because vinyl is slowly making a comeback, isn't it? Have you seen... Um, uh, 
there's they've got vinyl displays in Sainsbury's now. They sell vinyl yeah, records in. Yes, I saw it. Yeah. yeah, and HMV are starting to stock more vinyl now. So it's it is making a bit of a comeback. But that really, those really great little vinyl record shops, especially the independent ones, they just closed down, didn't they, years ago because vinyl just disappeared for a while. Well, there's very few left. Yeah. I mean, it was so nice to they got that real sort of nostalgic feeling mm-hmm. of walking in there, and um, and Graham had bought all the sort of racks that we from the shops that we used to work in. So it was almost like stepping back in time because I could I could see all the chart racks that we used to have in the shop when I worked there and stuff. And it was just yeah, it was just brilliant just to go into a shop full of vinyl and yeah. and uh, and all and all you know all the CDs and he'd got DVDs. And I did see the vinyl rack in Sainsbury's when I went to get. To my Star Wars Blu-ray the other week, and I thought, "Wow, yeah, Sainsbury's weird, selling it? vinyl. Yeah. What's going on?" Um, but Graham said that's how they've managed to keep going. He said the sort of burst in vinyl sales has really helped to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to keep them going. So yeah, which is great. Is but great. I was just pleased to get them from a shop. You know, I mean, it's it's when you're a collector, and I'm, you know, you know what I'm like. I'd love to have these things, and very <laughs> often you know, you have to resort to, to sort of getting them on eBay for a lot more than they should be. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it was a really good feeling to actually support a, you know, an independent shop and to get it from a real shop rather than handing the money over to some, you know, some eBay seller, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Not that I'm, I mean, nothing wrong with, nothing wrong with eBay. I sell stuff on eBay, but you, you know what I mean? It just was a good feeling to, yeah. to get it from a real shop. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Vinyl record shop. And comic comic book shops are two of the best. Yes. You know, they've just got a certain feel. I'm not talking about the big chains like Forbidden Planet. I'm talking about the independent, mm. um, you know, comic book shops where they haven't even got proper shelves. They've just got like portable tables with plastic bins or cardboard boxes <laughs> for, you know, there's, there's something, a real charm about those type of places. Yeah. And I think it's more to do with the staff as well. Because typically the staff in those type of smaller places just know inside out what they're selling and the business through and through and stuff like that. And you can have a proper conversation with them. Yeah. And I, I, I love that. I love just wasting time just talking to staff in those sort of vinyl record shops and comic book shops. It's awesome. Yeah, well, you, you click, don't you? That's the thing. If somebody's into the same thing as you like that, you do. Yeah, and it's really, like you said, it's really nice to just go in and have a half hour waffle about some, you know, completely yeah. random comic or, or record or whatever. And yeah, it is. It's nice. I mean, I, I, there aren't many comic shops left around near me. I don't know about you. We used to have a really good one. Um, well, it's about 45 minutes drive away, but it was a great shop. It was just, you walked in, it was just wall to wall of those like white long cardboard boxes filled yes. with comics so yep. you could just go in and you know look through and i remember picking up like a couple of the really old doctor who uh comics um i think they might have been u.s comics from like oh god eight, you know years ago yeah. I, I would think they were probably 90s 80s i don't know but yeah good stuff and you also like, got you finally got your spearhead from space yeah still didn't you yes and unlike my dot two magazine it arrived in perfect condition uh, different uh, postman we that were, day yeah, it must it must have been. Um, but yeah, I was really chuffed with that. It's, it's oh, it's gorgeous, isn't it? It's beautiful. The it's artwork one of it, my yeah. faves, fave things. I think I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, it. Oh yeah, because you got yours the day before, didn't you? That's when we were recording the podcast, and I kept going out thinking, oh, might, maybe the postman's <laughs> late today. It might be here, but no, I arrived the day day later. But yeah. yeah, it's a thing of beauty, and no mistake. It's great. Yeah, great stuff. Um, in t- talking of the that steelbook um i've i watched uh, the the actual um 
content on the disc and stuff is no different to um, Same. the standard Blu-ray that they brought out a couple of years ago. But um, I still watched it, still stuck it on, gave it a watch. And uh, oh, it's such a shame that not more Classic Who wasn't filmed on, you know, proper film stock. Yeah. You know, so that it could be cleaned up and because it looks so great in high def. The, you know, the, the cleanup operation is great on it anyway, but just the... Um, you know, just the how it looks on the screen. Seeing a really old episode like that in colour mm. in high def is just I don't know, I know it's kinda cool to watch the old Doctor Who um, you know, in standard definition, it's got that nice old school feel to it. But yeah, yeah, it does have a certain look and feel that you can't really I don't know, it's just something about classic who in in high in high def in colour. It just looks amazing. Uh, it does. It looks yeah. absolutely great. Um yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I wish there wish there was more of it because um a lot of the Pertwee stuff, uh, because it was scrapped, um, you know, they, the sources that they've got for a lot of the Pertwee stuff, a lot of the colours bleed through a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I would love to, because there's a trailer, isn't there, on the Spearhead? And I've forgotten what the trailer's for. It's for, for a classic DVD. And even that, I think, remember thinking it looked really good, just, you know, sharpened up. Um, it might be for the Green Death or something like that. I can't something remember like what the yeah. trailer is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even that, I thought, wow, that looks good enough. You know, you should just put them on Blu-ray anyway. You know? <laughs> I'm sure there's more. I mean, I would love to see like the TV movie, for example, on Blu-ray. I don't know what that was shot in, but I'm sure they could sharpen it up enough. And Yeah, it's all money, mate. It's, yeah, it's it all money. relies on, you know, somebody coughing up the money to, to do the cleanup and and the restoration and that stuff. Oh, yeah, but the movie would look great in high def. That would be. Yeah, I mean, the Steelbooker, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Because you'll know this more than I do. But the TV movie, to me, looks like, you know, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Yeah. It looks like that kind of thing to me. Were they filmed around the same time? Or am I uh, way off there? Because they, they look very similar in, like, their, like, the picture quality and stuff like that. It looks like that kind yeah. of era. Is it early 90? When was it? When the TV movie was out? Was it, was it 91? Something like that. It was early 90s. I'm sure that was when The Next Generation was out. Yeah, I know and, what you mean about that. Actually, yeah, it's got a similar sort of. It's got that look, um, yeah. that typical American uh, TV look to it, and all of those Star Trek uh, Next Generation have been restored and released on Blu-ray and stuff, haven't they? Yeah. They look really good. Yeah. So maybe they could do the same, but it's you know, it's all about the Mooney. What what I yeah. would love to see, and it would never happen. Oh, oh. What what I would love. You're not going to do a George Lucas here, are you? What. You see what I would love to see. Oh, we're not talking about the oh, movie well, anymore. Yeah, no, we're talking about the TV movie. Yeah, or you mean the original Star Wars? Oh, that, I'd love to see that. But. I thought you were going to say something like in the TV movie. I'd love to see some some updated effects. And no, oh. no, definitely not. Good, good, no, good, no, right. no, no. I like. I always like them as they are. <laughs> no, I never like it when they alter them. Don't even get me started on that on the on the Star Wars uh, <laughs> alterations. No, no, no. I was going to say what I would love to see, but it would never happen. Is um is like a a box set um of the like Steelbook of the TV movie with the soundtrack because we both oh, love the soundtrack. Yeah. It's brilliant. And I know you can get it. I know it's out there. You, you can get hold of it easy enough. But um, I think only officially it was ever properly released in that giant box set, wasn't it? I don't think it's never been given a a standalone release, has it? Um, I don't think it might have. I'm not sure. but I think it did. I think it did in the US at, at some the point. Yeah, but I, we haven't had a you – wouldn't, you wouldn't find it very easily at all. And it is there. I've got a few tracks from that on the 50th anniversary box set. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be cool to have a Blu-ray release with the soundtrack. Oh, that'd be amazing. Some new that's, features, maybe. 
That's what I would love to amazing. see. Yeah. yeah. I just had a look, actually. 96 it was, you know? 1996. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a clean-up and a re-release would be superb. But we can but dream. Yeah. yeah. So, so have you been up to much this, this we, week? Well, yeah, after I stuck on Spearhead, I was in a Pertwee vibe. Oh, yeah. I love a bit of Pertwee sometimes. He's the man. <laughs> Were you sat there in your frilly, frilly shirt? Yeah, calling everyone a nitwit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was on a roll, so I thought, oh, yeah, let's stick some more on. So I put on Inferno. It's just one of the best oh, it's classic brilliant. stories. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Not just for, for Pertwee, but in terms of like the classic era, it's just one of the best stories it's got everything in there it's like action it's got really good script the acting the performances are really good the effects are yeah but it's just it's just so good it's a really i don't know what it is about inferno um it's just a cracking watch from start to finish and perto is brilliant in it so yeah, yeah he, I, it's one of my favorite stories actually um yeah. inferno yeah. especially one of it's one of the poet words i must just quickly tell my little inferno story then as you've mentioned it um, let's get comfortable kind of, everyone get comfortable get for a comfortable minute. come on <laughs> the producer said <laughs> uh, no it's um no just it also ties in with the record shop funny enough that i used to work in and this is probably back in the 90s or whatever but but uh, this old gentleman used to come in and um he was one of these lovely old gentlemen that you know you get certain characters that everything you say to them they reply with a joke yes. so you sort of everything's yeah. You so you in other words, you you never know what's real and what you're supposed to laugh at. So um he was just a really nice, nice old chap. But I never knew what was, you know, whether he was winding me up or not, because he was just one of those sort of people. Right. Anyway, the guys I worked with also liked to wind me up a lot. And they used to say to me, he he designed the Daleks, he did. And I'd be like, No, he didn't. Ray Kuzak and Terry Nation designed the Dalek. Don't try it, don't try that one. I know my stuff. Anyway, this guy used to come in and sadly he passed away. And it wasn't until I was watching Inferno that I saw his picture on the wall. Uh, you know, when they go into the alternative universe, there's like a black and white picture of this this guy. I think he's got like a very thin moustache. I'm not quite sure. Yes. Um, yeah. And that person is Jack Kine, who was uh, part of the visual effects people back in the day. So Whoa. it turned out, Whoa. and I, did, I didn't realise till, till much, much later, um, until after Jack had sadly passed away, that, that actually that gentleman that used to come in and laugh and joke with me and sort of wind me up was actually involved with the Daleks after all. And wow. I just, I could not believe it the first time I saw him in, in Inferno. I was just like, oh, that's that man. It, he really was a Dalek designer. And oh, I just, dude. So yeah, you, yeah. You were mingling with like... I was mingling with, with him the whole time. With who royalty pretty much. And you didn't... Oh, didn't even know. And, uh, but I blame the guys I work with because they really wound me up about it. So I was convinced that it was just... You know, that they, it was just the wind-up. Because I, you know, in my head, I was like, you know, Ray Kuzak, Terry Nation, Daleks, yeah, yeah, You know, I thought I knew it. but So, yeah, that's yeah. my little Inferno record shop story. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack Kind, he was a really nice man, though. Oh, cool. Yeah, really good fun, really tall. Oh, okay. Or maybe I'm just really short, but I seem to remember him being quite tall. Bit of yeah, bit of Jack, yeah. Yeah. yeah, always very smart as well. You know, that's what I love about the sort of older generation. Always very smart. Yep. Suit, jacket. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there we go, Jack Kine. Nothing else for me, mate. Oh, I started work on... Um, some. Those of you that have downloaded the wallpaper pack that we did, um, when was that? A couple of months ago now, a few months Ooh, ago. A few months ago, yeah. I started work on the classic Doctor's versions. So... Ooh. Yeah, Hartnell through to McGann. 
Superb. So a new wallpaper pack will be with you hopefully shortly. Excellent. Who am I going to pick then? Classic weeks. Doctors. Ooh, probably be the fourth. The fourth. Mm. I'll wait and see what you've come up with first, actually, but I'll probably go fourth. Yeah, it'll probably be one of those. Well, I'm not putting this crap on my desktop. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've been, I've been meaning to ask you for ages. Have you added a TARDIS swirl to the to the Blue Box website, or has it always been there and I've only just noticed? I have indeed. Yeah. That was last month, I, I believe. It. Yeah, I've been meaning to say that to you for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, just to, I was doing some updates to the website, making it... Uh, making sure everything was like retina ready and and all that jazz and i thought let's mm. let's let's jazz this up a little bit this header it's been the same for for i think about a year now so yes yeah it looks good yeah no i just was looking at it the other day and i thought i don't remember that tardis swirl by the writing and then i thought well maybe it's always been there no. yeah you've been tinkering tinkering playing away i like it sure uh right let's land the tardis and let's do some news okay First up, you remember the episode Heaven Sent? Yes, good episode, yeah. It was pretty good, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. It's good. It's been nominated for an award. Oh, okay. It's been nominated for a Hugo Award. Ooh, that's quite prestigious. It is. Pre- never say that prestigious. word. Prestigious. Yeah. Prestigious, yeah. Um, those of you who don't know what the Hugo Awards are, they're an annual thing. And um, it's basically like the cream of the crop in the world of sci-fi. They are voted for by the members of the World Science Fiction Convention. So these chaps kind of know their sci-fi. Yeah. Inside out sort of thing. And uh, it is quite prestigious, actually, Mm. to get voted for Hugo. So the episode Heaven Sent, written by the Moth, um, has been nominated. It was a good one, that, isn't it? Because I often get confused with the titles Heaven Sent, Hell Bent. You know, when, when... People mention them, I have to try and think which one was which, because one was very good and one was not so good. Um, but this was the good one, wasn't it? It was just a standalone with Capaldi trapped in the in the uh, confession dial. Yes. With the thingy. What was the thingy called that was in the, the blanket with the claw? The claw that was chasing him. Oh, that mm. was the, uh, the, 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 the blankety thingy. The blanket claw. Yeah. yeah. That's a good episode, that. So I'd, I'd love to see it win obviously um just looking to see what it's up against um uh, show called grim don't know that one do you yes you do any yeah. good that's pretty good yeah okay good. jessica jones i've heard of that that's got um your mate in it hasn't it david tennant my mate is he in that one jessica he is jones? in that one yes yeah, yeah. that's very very good that's a marvel thing that's on netflix yeah. that's really good uh my little pony oh well, friendship is magic <laughs> uh yeah i didn't see that one coming hmm um what else supernatural yeah what's that i've heard of that um our good friend mr andy andy frank Allen. if you want to know anything about supernatural ask him oh really he's into that isn't he? he loves it oh, yeah okay. um but yeah so five five uh nominations in that category best dramatic presentation okay yeah so that'd be really good actually because um the hugo awards are pretty good 
for um and it's bang on as well. Doctor Who falls smack back in smack bang in the middle of this um category. So it's not sort of fudged in like some weird drama category like we have mm. in like the uh, uh what was what was it the national, national TV- television yeah. awards yeah. So it's not like um it's not like shoehorned into a category which doesn't really suit it. This is like this is made for Doctor Who's made for the Hugo Awards and it's won some in the past as well. Uh, the Doctor's Wife uh, the Pandora opens in a big bang. The waters of Mars. Um, so they've all uh, they've all won an award. And last year we had Listen, that was nominated but didn't win. Oh, okay, yeah, I was just about to ask when it was last when we were last in the running. So yeah, we did have one in Series Nine. That's interesting, yeah, but it um, didn't win. Well, Listen was a was a strange episode, wasn't it? Um, very, I, I can imagine it's a very Marmite episode. Listen. Um, I haven't watched yeah. it for a while. Might have to give that a rewatch, but yeah. but um, but I would say, yeah, Heaven. Which one is it? Heaven Sent. Heaven Sent. Yeah, I was yep. getting confused. Yeah, I would say Heaven Sent was was good. I think it was a pretty decent decent one mm. actually, and nice to have a one hander with Capaldi. So I'd like to see that join join the others. Doctor's Wife. Yeah, that always gets done. Yeah, mm. Waters of Mars is one of my favourites. Yeah, I'm glad to see that got a Hugo. Amazing. Yeah, um, but it's not until the end of August. So a little. Little way away yet until we find out who's going who's going to win that. But yeah, we shall let you know. Yes. Okay. Good luck with that one, mm-hmm. Moffat. All right. In other news, <laughs> um, you know these Target books that are getting reissued. I think they're doing about six or seven of them. Um, what, what have we got? Like Genesis of the Daleks, uh, the Dinosaur Invasion, Battlefield, the Zombie. The Zombie. Uh, yeah. So there's quite a few coming out, and they're those nice retro. They've got like the original covers, but slightly different style. Um, they look really, really nice. Well, there's there's going to be an exhibition um, put on to sort of tie in with this. Yeah. Uh, at the Cartoon Museum in London. Um, Where was that? Well, it's, I th- is it Holborn? Because I have been there. It was years ago that I went. It was for a doctor thing as well. Hmm. It was and they did a little exhibition. I popped along to it. It's a very tiny little museum, but a really cool little place to go. Right. Um, it's in... Is it Holborn? I'm trying to think. Where it, I know it was close to Oxford Street, but I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure where it is, but it's Little Russell Street, wherever that yeah. is in London. Yeah. It's it's not a million miles from um, our old friends at Forbidden Planet, so it's down that end of Oxford Street and a little bit further on. Yeah, Tottenham uh, Court Road is the nearest tube, so it's around there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, cracking little museum. So yeah, they're doing this this exhibition of um, of some of the Target covers, and I'm sure a lot of you out there know that the the Target covers are are fantastic. <laughs> uh, they're really really nice. Um, you know, thing to have an exhibition of. So I'm, I'm definitely going to get to this. How long does it run for? Not long. It's um, no. the end of oh. it's. Well, today as we're recording, the 28th of April, and it's only until the 11th of May. Oh wow, that isn't long, is it? So was that two weeks, a week and a bit? Oh no. See, I really, really want to go to this. Mm. Um, but oh, that's that's not a big window to get get to London. But yeah, yeah I would recommend. I mean, if any of you can get to it, I'd recommend just just popping along because. Um, as I say, small little place, very intimate, very nice. They got had a little shop, and <laughs> we do love a little shop. We do. Uh, yeah. and last time I went was a few <laughs> years ago. Now they did have some Target novel books there, which I remember picking up for like two quid each or something. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, they they always they'll probably have a few little dot two bits in that shop. I would think um, if you can get along to it, I I would go. Absolutely, yeah. and um, we're not going to do a proper uh, merch corner today because there's only one thing and it ties in with this very nicely uh, and that is the um, uh, 
David Howe and Tim Neal, they brought out a, a guidebook years and years ago, mm. um, which was basically like um, a companion book to uh, so you could find and collect um, all of the target novels. This was like you're holding your hand through it all so you could find out um, which stories were for each doctor and which year they came out and which storyline and all that stuff. Um, so they've gonna re- they're going to update it and reissue it. Mm. And this is going to be released by Telos Publishing. And I think it's out... When is it out? Uh, I think it's out now. I think they're... Yeah, I guess I think they're going to have it at the exhibition. I think it's today, yeah. So it launches today, the 28th of April. So if you're listening to this, it came out... If you're listening to this on Friday, when this podcast goes out, it was it would have come out yesterday. And you can order it directly from uh, Telos Publishing. I, I've got the original of this. You have? Oh, cool. I have. Yep. And it is one of... Honestly, it's one of my favourite books that i own it's brilliant it, it in the back of it it's got every single cover of every single target book um, oh, that wow. they did it's, it's one of those books i just love to get out now and again and just flick through because it's full of loads of interesting stuff as well about the books it goes into um, the history doesn't it as well about yeah stories and stuff yeah yeah it tells you all about the history about tells you about how target got started and all that and where they were and photos of the old offices and um and it's got alternative covers in there ones that weren't used and it's it's a brilliant book um i have to say i might even <laughs> pick up the new edition of it because mine is um is treasured i've managed to keep it in quite good condition but um i like the thought of having a you know what i'm like yeah. i like the thought of having a new version of it with some extra stuff and I really love this book. Yeah, I'm really glad they've reissued it. Yeah, it's a definite pick-up for me as well. Oh, yeah. Because I've started to pick up some of the old Target novels over the last uh, few months. So this will be a good um, a good read about those. Uh, Forward by Terence Dix. Yeah. Which is always good. Um, and it's one of the larger books as well. It is out in hardback to begin with. Um, it, and it's what's known as the large format. So it's quite a nice large size, you know, to read through. And, and that will mean that all the colour photos... Or any black and white photos are in good, good quality, large size as well. That's why I'm thinking I might get it again because yeah. mine's um, mine's not hardback; it's just a soft soft cover. So it'd be quite nice to have one to keep pristine, like the hardback yeah. new edition of it. But yeah. yeah, it's a great book, guys. Really yeah. recommend it. And this new version also covers um, audio releases. Oh, does it? Yes, um, oh, right. okay. audio releases, and also a lot of the reprints that BBC Books have done over the last year or so. So it sounds like an awesome book. We'll stick a link to it in the show notes to Telos Publishing. And uh, yeah, it's twenty four ninety nine, which you'd expect from one of these large format paper uh, hardback style books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say it's probably worth that. Absolutely. It might even be, I mean, if that's the retail, very often when they first come out, you might be able to pick up a bit cheaper than that anyway, yeah. um, possibly. But I know even if you're thinking, oh, that sounds a lot, trust me, it's a, it's, it's a good one to have. Yeah. Yeah, but I said to you about going to this, didn't I? Yeah, you did. So, yeah, although we've only got two weeks, if we can, I don't know, we might be able to fix a day and we can pop along. I'd I'd really like to do this. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. See if if we can sneak out of work. Yeah, yeah, see if we can throw a sickie. (laughs) Yeah. And nip down. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's going to do it for for standard news, Mm. I guess we should say. Uh, Let's move on to the big one. Yeah. So something that we've been talking about and rumours have been flying around for uh, quite a few weeks now is talk of a new companion. And we mm. knew it was coming. We we knew that because the Moff had, had spoken about this way back even at the festival last November um, when he said that, 
yes, there is going to be a new companion. So we know that Clara's definitely going, finally going. Then she finally went, and then she finally went. <laughs> and we knew that a new companion was coming. And the moth did say that it would be a character that we've never seen before. Mm. So, because there was, back then, there was even chat about somebody coming back or, um, you know, it could be, <clears throat> somebody even said that Rose was coming back at one point. I heard a shielder quite a lot. People a shield like, oh, shielder's yeah, coming back. Oh. And all that stuff. Personally, I was hoping for Carol Ann Ford. That would have brought their house down. But <laughs> there we go. Um, I thought you were waiting for Adric. Well, no, well, he, he come on. He has to go behind Carol Ann Ford. Come Chameleon? On. Mm, no. Possibly. Not so much. Not so much. Anyway, fast forward in time. Here we are. So the last couple of weeks have been a very big build up to this because everyone's been saying, oh, it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow. Um, and now we finally have it. So, welcome aboard. The new uh, the TARDIS and into the Doctor Who family is Pearl Mackey, who is going to be the character Bill. Hmm. Pearl Mackey. Uh, you guys probably would have seen numerous photos and video clips of her uh, with Peter Capaldi, running away from a Dalek. Um, and so... We haven't spoken about this, have we, yet? Not at all. And like we told told you guys right at the beginning, we've kind of hidden our feelings a little bit um, mm. online from Twitter and so on, um, saving up for this conversation right now. So, buddy, mm. off the bat, what what do you reckon, Pearl Mackey? Pearl Mackey. Um, I, I look. I've got to be honest, oh, um, right. and I don't don't like to be down, but I thought the clip was dreadful. I really didn't like it. Um, I really want to like her though, okay. um, and I've got to. And I'm not going to judge her on this two minutes of introduction. Um, but I just felt, yeah, it really didn't. I was actually quite annoyed after I finished watching it the first time, and I've watched it numerous times since. I even watched it just before we started to record because I desperately wanted to find. I don't want to be negative at all, but no, I'm sorry, mate. It, it, I just thought as an introduction, two minutes. I thought okay. she, the dialogue was awful. I thought she was written to be. She just came across as really annoying. I like her though, and I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. This is why I'm not going to judge her on this two minutes. I've got a feeling I'm going to grow to really like her. I really do think that. For a start, she's wearing a Prince T-shirt. Now I'm the biggest Prince fan in the world, so that was a plus. Um, but. I just the clip just annoyed me something chronic um as soon as I saw the Dalek rolling down the screen I was like oh Daleks and then she started gawping and overacting and then she started saying things like it's fat though and in it and oh uh, it just it really when first time I watched it, it really wound me up I was just like I'm sure they think they're being really trendy and down with the kids but this is just not appealing to me um so I'm just gonna say welcome Pearl I want to love you i want to like you i want to welcome you to the who universe i'm sure we're going to become great friends but for an introduction clip from the moffat and i'm putting this solely the blame at moffat's feet right for 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 because this is you know this is supposed to give us a little taster a little tiny taster like you know of what what we can expect and first impressions matter <laughs> you know as yeah. i say i'm not going to judge her by her, but first impressions were um she's she was written as being really annoying and i really annoyed me the way she spoke and yeah i was just really disappointed i'm sorry i have to be honest and i really really hate to be negative because i've been so looking forward to the new companion being announced but but i will grow to love you pearl i know we're going to become friends so i'm just going to say that and i'm i'm kind of just going to wash over this little 
two-minute thing. So that's my thoughts, my honest thoughts. You know, I don't. I, could, I was tempted to come on and say, yeah, yeah, I like this, I like that, but I'm just, I have to be honest. What of about course. you? You always have to be honest. Yeah. Um, right. So I, I really, really like her. I knew you would. I, I really, really like her. Um, because it's all, it's always good, in my opinion, anyway. It's always good to have um, a feisty. Um, a companion character to kind of go up against the doctor mm-hmm. um don't get me wrong I, i'm not too keen on these episodes where and unfortunately and again like you i have to lay the blame at moffat's feet here I, i'm not too keen on these episodes where we feel like the doctor isn't in control mm. and he's sort of playing second fiddle to the companion like we did with clara quite a lot yeah yeah so i'm not keen on what i mean is i really like the the relationship that we had with the 10th doctor and donna yeah where the dynamic was the doctor was still very much in control he was the man with the plan and all that stuff but we had a very feisty companion somebody Mm. that didn't take any nonsense from him stood up to him and all that stuff so i i can see some like a mixture of different companions in in bill Mm -hmm. now what do you think's the name by the way bill bill yeah um it's kind of out there not yeah. the name that you would associate with a female companion first off but when it first came up yeah i was a bit like bill um yeah i i like it just because it's different Did, i like the fact they're just like it's a bit of a curveball isn't it? it's like bill yeah, yeah it's cool so i like it but yeah not yeah what yeah i don't know it's Billy, bill. Yeah. yeah um so that's quite cool and i like her she's obviously got that um sort of lunt like, like london girl city girl fightiness to her which i really like and she is a london girl isn't she she's from brixton grown up in london i think she studied in bristol bristol acting school yeah um, and she's been this is her first proper tv role mm. she's not done anything really substantial on tv before but she has done loads of theater work so she's been at the west end for a few years now and she's done various different plays and shows on the west end so she's classically trained you know she's got that you know she's got the acting chops She's got that ped, that sort of theatre pedigree behind her. She's got the bit of paper to say, yep, I'm an actress. So she's got all that stuff, which is good. Um, I just think that, uh, well, to be honest with you, I, I, w- I was disappointed when it was announced, but not for the reason you think. Okay. I was disappointed when they announced it because I was hoping for a male companion. Oh, right, right. And I mm. think I've mentioned this a few times recently where yeah. I, I just think that we've had the the male doctor, young female companion for too long now, mm. literally since it came back in 2005. And I know that we've had people like Mickey and Rory and those guys, but, you know, they haven't been the main companion, you know, and it's, people might say, yeah, but they were companions. That's correct. But they weren't like, and I hate putting things in order. Like I'm going to go a bit Colin Baker here. I don't mm. want to put things in order and stuff like that. But Amy was very much the main companion. And Rose yeah. was the main companion. So I just feel that now's a good time to change it up. You know, why wait for the new showrunner? Why wait for Chris Chibnall to come in and mm. possibly, you know, potentially change things up? Why not do it now? So I was I was hoping for a male companion just to change the dynamic completely in the TARDIS. Um, so I was disappointed, but not disappointed with, with, with Pearl Mackey because I think she's going to be good. Fair enough. I must yeah. admit, I I have to agree with you there. I would, I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, I would have absolutely loved to have seen something that made me 
really surprised when yeah. they announced it. Like literally, like yes, you know, something fresh. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think she's got a good vibe about her. Yeah. I will say that I do. There's something, as I said, I, I think I'm going to like her because she's got something about her. Um, but I just didn't like the the clip itself. It's you know, it's right. not her. I don't dislike her. I can't possibly, you know, judge her on on that. But but I just didn't like the dialogue and the clip. And you know, it felt to me very stale. And like you just said, it felt yeah, like nothing new there for me. Yeah. In terms of the clip itself, I I, I thought that was very safe. Safe. Yeah. Very, Daleks again. Yeah, yeah. Very safe and very. Um, and the dialogue between the Doctor and Bill, I thought it was very expected. Like I fully expected them to say those things. I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by anything. And I was like, "Wow, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting." It's very much the classic old, you know, Doctor new female companion. There we go. It felt familiar. Yes, it felt yeah. too familiar. It yeah. felt like it was just the, you know, we're just treading the same footsteps again and again and again. Um, so I'm hoping that the moth can, you know, you know, take this thing in a slightly different direction now, because the next thing's going to be the Crimbo special, right? But is she, yeah, so is she going to be in that? Because yeah. it's saying she's yeah. confirmed for the 2017 series. Yeah, but she, but we're assuming. I mean, I'm assuming as well that she's in the, the special. That's that'll be her introduction. Yeah, right? she's in the she's yeah. in the Crimbo special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's going to be the first one that we see with these two. I mean, she might not. I'm not sure if she's in it in the whole thing i'm not sure how we get introduced but she's I'm definitely looking forward in to seeing how she gets introduced to be mm. fair because obviously this kind of starts i mean i don't don't think this is from an episode do you this is just a little throw in thing it's not yeah take it because because a lot of the footage was reused wasn't it like the daleks was shooting was from uh, into the dalek wasn't it That's so right. yep. a lot of the footage in this is reused so i'm assuming this is just a little standalone intro it's not from an episode so i am looking forward to seeing how the doctor and and Bill end up, you know, traveling together. I am very much looking forward to that. I think what I am worried about is is just I want the Moff to up his game for mm -hmm. his last series. And I'm just yeah. worried that he's just going to play it by numbers. And I think that's what I mean when I say, oh, Daleks again. And also you said about the dynamic already. That's what I worry about. It was just very much playing by numbers, everything we've seen before. And I want to see something. I need something fresh to yeah. keep me invested yeah. in the show. It is what I'm saying. Of so. course, yeah. yeah, I agree. So I think overall, not not negative really, but still positive. And I'm, and I'm, and I've got that that um, that bug as well. Like we've got a new companion, so it's mm. the start of a new adventure. You know, all that stuff. You yeah. Know, so we're going to see it through. We're going to travel along with her and see all these new stuff. And so I've got that cool. You know, that the the Doctor Who bug. You know, again, because it's you know somebody new to travel with. And, you know, a whole raft of stories, you know, ready to come along. But uh, like you, I'm just hoping that Moff, you know, just goes out with a bang, really. I'm not, yeah. not so much the RTD where he went all soppy at the end, you know, but which nothing wrong with that. That's, that's very cool. But just something different to what we've seen before. I think everybody has just grown a little bit tired of the whole Doctor and Clara thing. I think it was just dragged out for so long. Yeah, you know, and I think now's the time. Like I said, don't wait for uh, Chibbers to come along, and for him to be the one to change it up. So possibly putting a new Doctor in. We'll, we'll speak about that at some point, I suppose. Mm -hmm. If Capaldi's going to stay on or not, so don't wait for him to come along and do all the changes and stuff like we had when 
Tennant left and Russell left and all that lot, do it now. Mm. Write some cool stuff now. Go out with, you know, change the direction and go out with a bang. Yeah. I think we might be in for some surprises as well. I, I, in terms of yeah. the, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they introduced a third companion halfway through or so. I just wouldn't, I can see that happening. You know, I, right. I, I this is what I'm hoping. I'm just hope there's a few surprises because Stephen Moffat's got to keep this when this comes back in 2007. It's not like a relaunch, but we will have had a long break. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, he's then going to be handing over to Chris Chibnall. Um, so he's he's got to keep the quality up, and he's got to keep those viewers, um, you know, interested in the show. Yeah. Because otherwise, he's handing it. You know, he, he like you said, he needs to go out on a bang. He, he doesn't want to be handing over a show that's that's dying on its ass. You know, he needs the show to be strong yeah. to, to hand it over, really. And that's 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 what I'd like to see. Some you know, some some surprises from the mob. Like we were just talking about Heaven Sent. Now that was a strong episode from the Moth, and that was towards the end of the series. So, you know, and let's see a bit more of that. Let's see a bit more of him taking a few more risks and yes. you know, keeping us on our toes a bit would be good, I think. Because yeah. we know that the Moth can write some cracking stories. Absolutely. S- some of the yeah. best, in fact. You know, we know that he's got that um, that ability to write just some of the best Who stories. But we also know that he can not do, you know, what's best for the show sometimes. I think sometimes, yeah, you know, I think he sometimes, I, I don't want to use the word lazy, but I think sometimes he just kind of, I don't know, uh, yeah. maybe he's just got too much on his plate. Do you know what I mean, sometimes it just feels like he just signs signs off a script and that'll do attitude. I don't know. That's probably not the case, but it feels like that sometimes. Yeah. 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 So anyways, welcome Pearl Mackey as Bill. Yeah. To the we show. know she listens. <laughs> so yeah. we always say that. No, I'm <laughs> definitely welcome to the, the Who family. As I said, I don't take my negativity towards the clip towards her because I'm very excited to see these guys in action. Yeah, of course. So that's going to do for news, companion news, all that jazz. The review story this week. Reviews. Yes. Moisturize me. Moisturize. (laughs) So mocks of Balhoun. (laughs) What are we reviewing this week? This week, it's the end of the world, I'm afraid. (laughs) Welcome to the end of the world. Earth death is scheduled for 1539. Who the hell are you? Oh, I'm the Doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That's not supposed to happen. Representing the forest of Cheem, we have trees, the mocks of Balhoun, the face of Bo, the last human, the lady, Cassandra O'Brien. Oh, now, don't stare. Look in my Heat levels rising. Heat levels rising. Oh, Jade. Yeah. Oh, they could have been so happy together as well. I know. The end of the world. Yeah, the end of the world. Uh, Episode two. Yes. From series one. I actually think quite an important episode, actually, just while you're saying about it being episode two. Because this, this had to carry the audience on. You know, a lot of new people tuned in to watch Rose. Yes. Just had to keep them. Yeah. So quite quite an important one, really. Absolutely, mate. So 2nd of April, 2005. Oh, wow. Uh, written by Russell T and yeah. directed by Euros Lin, who directed quite a few from that era. 
Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's me. a name. Name. As soon as it popped up, it's kind of one that sticks in your in your head. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yes, you're absolutely right. This one really needed to deliver because, um, as far as most people are concerned, I know that you and I are concerned. Rose is a fantastic episode. Yeah, it's a good one to 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 bring the show back. I think. Yeah, yes. and to get new people watching. Yeah. yeah. So this one really needed to carry that momentum and, you know, get people uh, glued, mm. you know, so they would think, wow, last week the brand new comeback was a, was brilliant. This one's just as good. Can't wait for episode three. You needed to be that. You need to have that momentum, really. Yeah. And uh, so the end of the world, this was um, the Doctor takes Rose to this uh space station doesn't he called platform one mm. um and it's set in uh 5.5 slash apple slash 26 <laughs> which was which equates to five billion years right from where we are we were in 2005 i assume and the earth is about to be engulfed by the sun there's the uh the sun finally um explodes doesn't it and engulfs the earth and some very rich people have bought these kind of uh, first class tickets aboard the space station to witness it mm. so we have all these different aliens turn up uh and uh, including the last human being lady cassandra o'brien who is now a, oh, excuse me. Oh. a bitchy trampoline trampoline uh, yeah so some uh, skin yeah skin stretched over uh some climbing apparatus. Anyways, when the Doctor arrives there with Rose, something is afoot, as it always is in Doctor Who. And uh, yes, I'm not going to say anymore. Okay. Uh, what did you think to it? Well, um, <laughs> I this might surprise you, but I actually really like this story, and I always have. Yeah. I, I, I liked it from the first watch, um, and I enjoyed it re-watching it again the other night. I... Don't think it does the job it's supposed to. Like you said, I don't think it's a strong second right. episode in terms of what it should have been. But personally, I've always liked it. Yeah, there's. I think there's some really, really nice moments in this. Um, but okay. yeah, I, I don't know. I I know it's not perfect, and I I think it perhaps should have been a stronger adventure for the for the first time that the Doctor and Rose go into. Sp- you know, go traveling together. But yeah, no, I like it. You like it? I do. Cool. What about you? I like it. Oh, dear. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you didn't like it. <laughs> I like it. Oh, good. Um, I, I think it's going to be another one of those uh, uh, mirrored uh, points of view from you and I, because I kind of feel the same where right. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's the strongest story, you know, and it's certainly not, um, the best story from that series no. by a long shot. But I still think it's, I still think it's got a certain enjoyment factor to it mm. where it's like, the, like we say, it's the very first proper adventure for the doctor and Rose after she went running down the street in slow motion yeah, to join the doctor at the end of, of Rose. So it's the first one where they're out and about and, uh, it does. It it it's it's a pretty good story. It's pretty good. It's got like a who done it aspect for a little while because the um, the space station is being sabotaged, isn't it? 
They're sort of being picked off, aren't yeah. they, one by one? The aliens are being, yeah. So the, the whole thing has been sabotaged and we get the reveal fairly early on, but there's a quite a good element of like a whodunit, you know, who's behind. Mm-hmm. Because they, they very visually we get these uh, aliens who look very sinister, like assassin type uh, aliens, don't we? So... Is it, is it repeat the what are they called the appearance of the repeated meme? The meme, yeah, yeah, and I like that. Yeah, they look pretty good. So they look quite sinister. So you immediately lay the blame at their feet. But it turns out it's Lady Cassandra, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so it, it's got like a Cluedo aspect to it for a little while, and then it's got uh, then it's got some good action in it. The effects are pretty good. They're not bad. Uh, they're not bad. They don't stand up amazingly today, but at the time no. they were they were pretty good. And then we have Chris Elkiston, obviously, who is, you know, rocking and rolling in the role mm. of the Doctor, which is good. So it does have an enjoyment factor. Um, I think, though, a lot of people, it's, I think it just doesn't quite reach up to that bar that no. you would say it's like an amazing Eccleston story, but it's not far off. It does. I think yeah. you're right. It kind of, I don't know, if you agree, but I think quite often gets forgotten about this one because I think there are stories that are stronger um, in this series. So this one sort of tend, tends to sort of um, get a little bit overlooked. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I can't quite pinpoint why it doesn't quite reach that level because I do think there's some great stuff going on in it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not, it just sort of kind of, is just slightly under par, yeah. I think. But it, but there's some great bits in it. I mean, the, the storyline is pretty simple, isn't it? It's, pretty, it's a very sort of easy watch. It's one of those episodes, very much an easy watch. Um, but I think what really brings it up a notch is uh, is the performances in it. Like, the cast are pretty good. They all seem to be yeah. taking it quite seriously. I have to say, I think um, Chris Reckerson and Billy are excellent in this, considering it's the second story. I don't know where it was filmed in the you know, in the run, but they seem to be both really gelling mm-hmm. really well. Billy's acting really good. Um, Eccleston's acting really good. I mean, sometimes he does the sort of gurning, smiling a bit too over the top, but in this, I think he's, he's plays it really nicely between sort of the serious and comedy doctor. And he's kind of enjoying himself at the beginning. The little dance. Uh, yeah. The yeah. little dance, the, mo- <laughs> the what you're doing, moisturize me, but you know, I think he's, I think he's really on good form in this. Yeah. Um, considering his, considering it's um, only a second episode. I, I do remember the first, very, I watched it when it first aired, and the bit that really, this is this is a story that really sold Chris as the Doctor to me, Right, um, is that scene when he's walking through the underground tunnel with all the wires with Jade, and then she, she sort of puts her hand on his arm and says, I know who you are. And there's just this shot of Chris, and he's almost motionless and you just see this one tear roll down his face and i just remember thinking this this guy you know this, he's a good actor this chris Rexton, because i hadn't really seen him in anything before but he, he really sold himself to me as the doctor um in this episode i really just that scene in particular sticks in my head to think, i remember thinking oh wow you know this guy's good i like him yeah yeah i, I totally agree mate mm. he really did because he was really good in rose wasn't he considering that was his first story yeah, he was yeah, great in, his, in Rose. Yeah, and in this one, it's there's there's no there's no downstep. He doesn't, you know, take a step back or take his foot off the gas. He's you know into it, you know, just as much as he was from the first one. So yeah, the energy levels are there, and he's hmm. and he's um he seems to be like I think you just said rocking and rolling. He seems to just be he seems in, like you you said about the Doctor being in control. He seems in control in this. I love that. He just seems to be. You know, when there's danger, he kind of loves it. 
yeah doesn't it? Uh, yeah. you know he almost thrives on it and um yeah i think he does a nice job of sort of showing that he's slightly alien i'm trying to think what the scene was there's a bit where he, he doesn't get why rose is upset or something so he's sort of portraying the alien side of the doctor nicely in this he's doing the humor quite nicely and he does the serious at the end really nicely as well mm -hmm. um the bit with jade i absolutely love the bit with the big fans when he's just closing his eyes and and walking through them and the music i i just it's such a simple thing but i just love that whole bit you know yeah. i just think chris is really really good in it considering mm -hmm. this is second story yeah, and he does play the alien aspect quite well. He's mm. completely unfazed or unemotional about it, about yeah. the Earth ending where Rose, understandably, is, you know. And, and um, Maybe that's it, because I remember thinking, well, why first adventure, where is he going to take her? And he takes her to see her home planet being destroyed. It's, a, it's an odd choice for a first date. Yeah, <laughs> and we do get we do get a little bit of Doctor Who lore thrown in there as well, don't we? We get the Doctor telling Rose about um, he's the last of his mm. people from Gallifrey and stuff like that. So, yeah. and then we have, um, then we have the mention about bad, bad wolf quite early on. Um, so it does, it does include a couple of cool little bits as well. Um, so that's good. So, okay, well, let's talk about some cast members then. Yeah. Let's go through, cause there is that roll call, isn't there? When the guy's announcing all the different aliens coming mm. through. Um, what did you think to, um, the trees? Because one of the one of the trees uh, has a significant role. One uh, of the trees is it? One of the you know the the oh Jade Jade yeah she has quite a significant role. Yeah, you know, I love Jade. Yeah, she's um the the actress who plays her as well, Jabe. Um, she's very very good. Did you? Think? Oh, is it Jabe? I've, I've, I thought it was Jade. Yeah, it's Jabe, isn't it? Sorry, Jabe with a B. Yeah, she's really yeah. good. Did you think her portrayal of that was really sincere and really? Yeah, I don't know. There was, there was something about her performance. I, thought, I was really quite sad. Yeah, you know, when she when she sacrificed, when she gets burnt, when up. she gets I, burnt up. Yeah, I thought I was I was actually quite sad at that. Yeah, I mean, I think considering I I thought she was in it more watching it again the other day, I realised she's not in it that much. But you really warm to her quite instantly. I think she's sort of. Um, I don't know. She's got a real charm about her. Yeah. I just really like her. Because she um, flirts a little bit with her doctor, doesn't she? Mm, she has a bit of yeah. a flirty moment. and She's got that little device. She takes a sneaky yeah. snap of him. And yeah. yeah, I really like Chobe. Yeah, she's very cool. And um, she has this sort of wisdom about her. Do you know what I mean? Like she's very, she comes across as a very old character, but she doesn't look very old. Mm. But she seems to have a lot of wisdom and she knows about the universe and stuff like that. And yeah. she's quite funny as well. Like those little flirty moments with the doctor's pretty good. Um, but it's just I just found it quite sad when she gets burnt up. It's just a bit, oh, because she's quite a good character. Yeah, and also I suppose it's a it, kind of testament to her nice little performance that you actually care when she dies because she isn't in it very much. So mm -hmm. like you said, it is quite, I think it's because you, you, you get that connection between her and the Doctor kind of from the get-go. So when she does perish and the Doctor's clearly steaming angry because yeah. he kind of just looks at the floor. And I like I like the fact you don't see... You know he's just looking at the burnt remains, or whatever. But it's yeah. just his face. It's a yeah. It's really good, but yeah, really nice performance from Yasmin Bannerman. Her name is yeah. <gasps> Bannerman. Bannerman. I mean, didn't know that. Um, and yeah, a, really nice little performance from her. Yeah, and a nice and a, one of those typical RTD names as well from where she's from, the Forest of Cheem. Cheem, yeah. That's a yeah. that's a Russell T Davis name, isn't it? If you ever Definitely. heard one. Yeah. Poosh Cheem. All that stuff. Uh, what do you think to old Bluey? 
Oh, yeah, the Marks of Balhoon. <laughs> you thinking of me, were you, when he was wheeled out? I was, yeah. <laughs> I'm only kidding, mate. I'm only kidding. Um, I, yeah, I always think the voice doesn't go with the look, but um, I, li- I like the, I like the like the style of him. Does he actually die in it? I'm never quite sure. He, or is he just sim? Is he just simmering with smoke in it? Because he doesn't yeah. look too good at the end of it. He looks like he's. It looks like he's been a bit overcooked. Yes. I'm never quite sure if he survives or not. I don't but, um, think he does, you know. No, I'm, I, I, I'm feeling he gets cooked. Yeah. Crispy. Crispy, uh, Crispy. <laughs> Um He's a nice character, isn't he? Again, not in it very much, but he's a good little good little uh, yeah. character to throw in there, yeah. And what do you think to the other blue character, the steward? He reminds me of C-3PO. <laughs> really? <laughs> he's sort of in his manner. Where he, okay. What are you doing in here? All <laughs> yeah. oh, right, uh, okay. Like a it, butler it just, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um actually yeah, Stuart's all right. Um <laughs> he's one of those that plays the sort of uh pompous but but sort of still likable because when he dies you sort of um <laughs> think oh dear but you kind of in a way think he's a bit annoying so not he's that he bit... <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I think yeah, no I think he's all right the, the Stuart. I have to say yeah, he's uh I think he fits nicely in with the rest of the cast. I think all the cast kind of gel quite well, if you know what I mean. He, he's yeah. just another little side character that gets knocked off, but you kind of feel a bit sorry for him when he does. Um, mm. I have to say, he really should have looked into um, his security because that little spider creature only pr- presses one button on his keyboard and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he should have looked at, you know, it's very, very easy to, to close that. It's, <laughs> his password was probably shit. password. Anyway, yeah, wasn't it? or one, yeah. two, three, or password one, two, three, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, he gets easily knocked off. Yeah, but, um, no, li- he's all right, the steward. The little spiders look pretty good. They do, don't they? They like the yeah. the, the um the movement and stuff. The the effect yeah. isn't too bad, I don't think. It's okay. Actually. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, they not too bad. They do. I always think they don't quite match up. You know, like when when we get to see the model of it, like when the doctor's holding it, they look sort of darker. I don't know. They never quite look quite look right to be but yeah but i like i like them very simple design just with the eye and all that and and whatever um i do feel sorry for that who's the lady who gets pulled into the vent oh that's one of the service workers isn't it what's her name um because here's a character that's only got like a few minutes on screen but it's really nice and likable and gives a really nice performance and you know she's like she's one of these sort of extras that's been brought in and rather than just giving a half-hearted performance. She's really good. Yeah, she's she like, is good. I have permission to talk. And yeah, I love her little character. Um, I feel really sorry. I think her name's Raffalo. Raffalo, yeah. Is yeah. that right? That is her, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I've, written, I've written here, poor Raffalo. Yeah, um, she gets dragged down into the... Into the vent. Into and the, you're like, yeah. oh no, she was really sweet. A lot, um, of, a lot of death in this one. A lot of death. Isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. In fact, so, so the steward gets picked off. Moxa Barahoon gets it. Raffalo gets it. Um, Stewart gets it. Stewart gets it. So yeah, there's um, a few. Few get it. And Rose yeah. nearly gets it. I mean that that when that sun shield's coming down, she's. <laughs> oh yeah, when the when the, the shield's slowly coming down, and she's like trying to edge her way out of the of the beam, like the sun's rays coming through. Yeah, yeah, that she was um. Yeah, that was because just when just when he's managed to reverse it, and she's like, oh, phew. Yeah. No, it's coming back down. Oh no! Yeah, we had that classic pantomime bit of TV writing. We just needed a monster behind her at the same time, so everybody could yell, "It's behind you!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And we had a little um, uh, a voice cameo from Nick Briggs, didn't we? Oh, what was that? He plays um, he he's got a he plays one of the alien. Uh, what what are they called? One of the alien voices is Nicholas Briggs. Um, uh, what are they called? Don't know. I didn't realise he did a voice. Can't remember. Yeah, old Nick Briggs. Uh, what Briggs. do they look like? It's not one of those ones that's got a nest as a face, um, is it? I, can't, mm. I can't, honestly can't remember, but I, mm. I know that he's he's in there somewhere, like old old Briggs. He does. Um, he doesn't just play the Dalek. He he does a few little things here and there. Oh right, that's going to bug me now. So I'm on there. Wiki, but I can't see can't see him on there. But yeah, um, let's not forget the big guy, the face of Bo. Face of Bo. First time we get to meet the big old face. He's a big face. Oh, and he looks so sad in his little. <laughs> he's all steamed up at the end. Yeah, Poor old Bo. He doesn't look great, does he? No. Clearly, doesn't get out much. Does he say anything in this? I've forgotten. I don't think he does. Does he? Kind of um, gets wheeled out, and I think he might groan a little. Does, does he, he have a chat anything? with the doctor? I don't oh. think he does in this one because no. we have to wait until Tennant comes along before he has a chat with in New Earth. New Earth, yeah. And right. am I right in thinking that the face of Bo isn't that Captain Jack? <laughs> well, it's Could- a that was a line thrown in, wasn't it, by by Russell? And I love him. I love it. But, um, that there is this ridiculous possibility yeah, that yeah. Jack could end up as the face of Bo. Because he is immortal, isn't he? The... He's immortal, yeah. So he, he just, yeah. So there is it that theory, isn't there? Yeah, I kind of like it. And, I, and I, it's one of those things I never, ever want it to be answered. I just like the fact yep. it's out there. You make up your own mind, yes. is he? Um, yeah. That, that was thrown out, wasn't it, by RTD? And you do it does make you think about it and... What's the story? Is it Utopia or something? It's like it's when no, not Utopia. Which one is it? It's when he's, it's when they're chatting on Cardiff Bay, isn't it? And he just Jack kind of says, "Yeah, some people used to call me the face of Bo." That's right. Yep. You're like, oh, yeah, because you yeah. immediately jump on it. You're like, oh, okay, uh, uh. and it does make you think about it longer than you should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's quite cool that it could be Captain Jack. Mm. I, lo- I love yeah. I love Bo though. It, it, just the, the style of him, the design of him, because he, you know. He's he's just a cool character that that was brought in in the new series, and even though is he only in two, is he's in this one, New Earth, where he sadly he smashes. Yeah. I think is it's he just in the, any other? No, I think it's just the two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Two. Yeah, or is it? No, hang on, it's, no, 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 it's the um, gridlock, isn't it? Sorry, it's gridlock where he he dies, isn't it? No, is it gridlock? I've completely lo- well been a while. No, he does. Yeah, yeah, it's gridlock. Yeah, because we shall meet for the third time and oh, the last yes, time. Yes, yes, it's gridlock where he finally perishes. I think. Oh God, people will be screaming at the right at the uh, screen again, telling us I've got it all wrong. But yeah, I think it's gridlock. Um, let's go is, with that. Oh, is it? Hold on. The end of the world <laughs> is New- when he says you'll meet for the third time. Yes, it is gridlock. Yeah, is it gridlock? Yeah, <laughs> my who. History is intact. Yes, because he says to the doctor, you are not alone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you are not alone. Yeah. So the face of Bo. I quite like the design of that character and so on. The the only thing that um, I just wish they would have made the features, when he's talking, Mm. like the mouth movements and so on, they're so slow and laboured. I mean, I'm not sure if that's intentional by design because he's so old, but it's just very difficult to matches speech because the parts in the 
in the model moves so slowly and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, he's he's cool, old Bo. Yeah, and he's he. Did, I like the fact he's like one of these characters that, that sort of plays quite an important part in the background of stories. So like that whole thing about you are not alone. Yeah, you said you know he <laughs> he throws that in there. So he just pops up to give us these very important little bits, and then either goes off or or dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, Lady Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah, Zoe Wanamaker. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I like her a lot more in this than I do in New Earth. Good. I think. Good. I think to be honest with you, I think, I, I think she was perhaps a one-off villain. I think she should have probably only been in this. To be honest. Okay. Because I didn't really like her in. Oh, well, I don't really like New Earth much as an episode. So, I think she works perfectly well in this. And I think Zoe Wanamaker is um, great casting for the role of this hideous character, you know. And I mean hideous. I, I like the character. I mean, you know, but she, you know, Cassandra is a nasty piece of work, really, isn't she? She is. She's a nasty yeah. piece of skin. Um, but I think Zoe Wanamaker is great as Cassandra doing the voice. The voice yeah. is is great, isn't it? Yeah. And I I really like the design as well. It's very gruesome. It's just mm. a bit of skin, isn't it? Stretched out like a trampoline exactly how people describe it well you know what i like don't you <laughs> she's a brain and there's a brain in a jar at the bottom just at of the it. bottom yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like, the brain yeah um and she has to get moisturized constantly and stuff like yeah. that and the effect was quite good because every now and then you'd see like little bits of blood shoot through these little oh, veins, veins and stuff yeah so it was quite gruesome to think that it's just a piece of skin with a face on it but it was done quite well yeah, I think it stands. She, she stands pretty up pretty good. good, actually. Is it now? I'll just go ask you. I thought this was the one where they had the joke where Rose says, "Oh, so you mean she's talking out of her?" And then no. they cut it off. But I didn't hear it, so either I missed it. Maybe I looked at my phone for a second or something. Or is that in New Earth? That's in New Earth. Oh, okay, because yeah. I kept thinking, where's that cheeky line? Yeah, that's it's New, New Earth. Earth is yeah. it? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So he's only want to make her. She's pretty good. I like her voice in it and so on. Um, and she's the saboteur. Yeah, she turns out to be the saboteur. Yeah. That's a nice, not a nice, but that's an, I like the way that when the doctor brings her back from the teleport, mm-hmm. she hasn't got her two moisturizers with her. And that's how, so she sort of makes her, her death is kind of her own fault. Um, yes. Do you know yep. what I mean? Although the doctor doesn't do anything to prevent it. Yep. I kind of like that. It's just a really nice, simple way of, of, killing her off you know what i mean like the, yeah. the doctor doesn't do it she kind of does it to herself she she you know, she tried to escape he brings her back and and uh and she dries out basically doesn't she, she dries out and cracks up and yeah, yeah everything has its time and all that um so Skin i like on that. toast yeah and <laughs> yeah I, one thing that i liked as well about this story as a whole well it's quite clever that they're witnessing the end of the world but yet the person that is you know, doing all the bad stuff is the last human. Yeah, yeah, I thought that as well. It's quite a good yeah. tie-in, isn't it? It's like you wouldn't expect it in, you know, considering the circumstances, the Earth just about about to be obliterated mm. and all this stuff is going on and it's down to the last human. Being greedy, which being is greedy. just, yeah. Pretty good. You can so imagine that being the case, you know, being yeah. greedy. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Tories. <laughs> um, all over. Right, so uh, let's talk about Rose. Rose, yeah. Rose. Um, I thought Rose was pretty good in this. I thought I she, think she's really good. Yeah, yeah, I thought she played a good mix of being fascinated by being in space and being surrounded by aliens and stuff, a bit overwhelmed. 
I also liked her real, real um, upset and real feeling real down that she's about to witness the end of the earth. Mm. I really liked how she did that. It wasn't over the top. She wasn't like, flailing away, like passing out and crying everywhere. I think she just played it very well. And uh, and also a little bit of, um, yeah, she did a little bit of feistness in there as well. A bit mm. of classic Rose as well. I, think, I just think she, it was one of those good episodes for her character where it wasn't OTT, it wasn't too much screaming and running or, you know, it was a good mix for me. Yeah, I'll tell you the bit I like is when she's talking to poor old Raffalo. Yeah. And Raffalo sort of points out, oh, so you, what, who's this guy you're traveling with then? And she makes Rose realize that actually she's just kind of on a whim jumped in, you know, gone on this adventure <laughs> and she hasn't really thought it through. And I like that. It's a bit she's dodgy, like, really. Yeah, yep. she suddenly realizes, um, yeah, who is this guy? I actually don't know him. What, what the hell am I doing jumping in the TARDIS with him? And I, I thought that was really nice, you know, to, that she just suddenly stops and thinks about it. And that scene where she phones her mum as well, that's that's a nice scene, isn't it? Her and Jackie. Yeah. Oh, don't you just love Jackie? Jackie. Oh, I love Jackie. Yeah. Quick story. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Settle down, everyone. Here we go. It's only something small. Oh. Um, when I was up in Newcastle, a couple of months ago with my work. Um, I was doing some work, <laughs> as I should be doing, and the pod of desks next to me, they were saying, oh, there was a, there was one of those stupid sci-fi conventions a little while ago in Newcastle. <laughs> and, um, and they were really confused as to why Jackie Tyler was there. Really? They were really confused, yeah. Um, and because uh, they were saying, what's the point of her being there? She's not in costume or anything. She doesn't, she can't turn up in costume. And uh, I was sitting there thinking, oh my good Lord. You biting your lip. I was literally, I, I had to bite my lips so hard because they were like, <laughs> oh, we had these other people and the pictures above them, they were like in Star Wars in costume and they had all this on. But there was just this blonde, blonde bird sitting there. Obviously, I'm doing a London accent there. This was a bunch of Geordies saying this. And, <laughs> um, but they were saying, yeah, just this blonde bird sitting there. She didn't have actually do anything. Why is she there? Oh. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I need, I need to go home. Yeah. I need to go. I need to jump on the train and go back home and put Doctor Who on and watch a bit of Jackie. But I, I really like Jackie. I, think I would she's love a to meet her. great character, yeah. Camille, Camille uh, Kadiri. Yeah. She's a great character. And she does go to the conventions, mate. She is out yes. and about. I think we yeah. just have to find one that, where she's, you know, that she's attending. But she does do a few. She's the kind of person I imagine that, because uh, I always think it would be great if me and you met her together. I just think she always comes across that she'd be a bit of a laugh. I don't know if I'm just mixing her character with Jackie, maybe. but That's always that's a danger, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. always dangerous to do that. But mm. even, yeah, I think she's just so... You can't help but think that in real life she'd be a good laugh. I'm just wondering you know? what costume they were expecting her to wear because Jackie kind of just, what, short skirt and a denim jacket? What the, what they wanted to wear, for goodness sake? Tracksuit bottoms and... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, mate. It was just a bunch of heathens who weren't aware of, you know... You had to walk away. Yeah, I had to walk something away. Something you regret. Go and make a cup of, yeah. yeah but, <laughs> but yeah, it was... Um, I, I, I really like Jackie. Yeah, like and it's Jackie. a nice scene. It just sort of kind of makes you think, you know... Because we don't really go down that route much in the classic, do we? Where they sort of think about the consequences of leaving and the people that that would have, you know, yeah, in their world, that person's gone missing. Because they do tackle that, don't they? Is it Father's Day where they go back and he's like, "Oh, you haven't been missing a day. You've been missing a 
year or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite nice that little phone call between the two of them. I think yeah. good little scene. And and Jackie stands uh, stands by her guns, doesn't she? She doesn't change her attitude to Rose traveling with the Doctor right up until the last episode. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. the tenant years, you know, when she when she gets um this is before she comes back. But at the end when you know, we have that famous scene when they say goodbye at Bad Wolf Bay and and yeah. Jack is there and stuff. Even, you know, right up to that point, Jack is very much still the same attitude about her travelling with the doctor. You know? <laughs> is it because um do you think it's because he he uh, what's the word? Re- <laughs> rebukes her her charms in the in rose in the first time yeah <laughs> and she's like, probably. Oh. yeah he's like never gonna happen or whatever it is yeah. she's like oh so she never quite gets over it There's but no it's like the man care. in my room anything could happen <laughs> anything could happen no, no. <laughs> <laughs> possibly Jackie. yes the knockback at the beginning is just you know like, she never got over it yeah. it's but it's nice it's the caring mum side isn't it looking it is, after yeah. it oh yeah yeah it's all good so yeah no complaints from rose in this one no i just Not was surprised really. how well well acted yeah. They both were, if you like. It just seemed like they really it just sort of um, fit, slipped into the role yeah. very, very easily. I was just quite surprised how good they both were in it, considering how early on we are in this, you know, in the in the uh, in the show coming back, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I thought they're both really good. Yeah. Uh, okay, and the boss, Eccleston, really good. Great performance from him. I still yeah. think he's a great doctor. I, yeah, I really, think a lot really of, do like him. And I think he's grown on so many people as time's gone on. Yeah. I think there was a time, there was a time actually where he probably wasn't revered as like, you know, a, you know, one of the better doctors and he was always got a bit of stick for things and because mm. he only did the one series and stuff like that. And it's difficult with one series because um, there are a couple of clangers in there. Let's not beat around the bush. No, there are. There yeah. are a couple of clangers. So it's it's difficult. But I think as time goes on and the more that I watch Eccleston, I have such an appreciation for his doctor. Because he's, especially in stories like this, where the story itself is not great, but his performance is brilliant. Mm. I mean, the story's okay. Like we said at the beginning, it's okay. It's just, I don't know, it just doesn't have that something, you know, to make it a fantastic story. But... Him and Billy Piper are just brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mentioned at the start. There's a couple of there's a couple of scenes in this that I've always really loved um, that kind of make the episode for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the interaction with Jade and all that, and the fans. I think it's because we get the Doctor's theme when he stood there with the fans going around. We get every. It's like everything goes calm, doesn't it? And it's like, mm-hmm. Ooh, and I just love all that. But but I've always really really loved the very last scene with the Doctor and Rose when they're back on Earth, everything's back to normal. Look, everyone's alive, you know, but you think it'll last forever, it won't. I've always thought that end scene was just beautiful. Yeah, they go off and um, get some chips. And, yeah, and because yep. it, it goes from being quite serious, the Doctor starts talking about his people, um, you know, then it would have been sort of like the first time my people had gone. And it goes from all of that, sort of giving you that bombshell, to I want chips. And it's so much back down to earth and they, you know, we've got five billion years to the shop shut. It's, I just love that last scene. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant little couple of minutes of television. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And um, and, it, and it also it's a nice little setup for what's good. It almost puts this story behind you. 
yeah. in, in a way. It almost puts all of that bad stuff that's just happened for the last 40 minutes behind you. And the Doctor and Rose have got big grins on their faces, off to get some chips. And then you think, right, you know, they're okay. Bring on the next adventure. Mm. It's kind of like, yeah. I suppose, what this story is doing in a sense. I think maybe Russell, when he's plotting out the series, he's, you know, he's got Rose that episode out of the way and that's done what it needs to do. This episode, I think, maybe why it doesn't quite hit the marks as a story, but still is a good second episode, is because Russell's getting them to know each other, isn't he? Rather than just going on adventure and as if they've been together forever. So he's sort of, he's setting up the relationship a bit yeah. in this, that she's, you know, questioning why she's with the doctor by the end of it they've kind of got that out the way in a sense you know he's told her this great burden that he's carrying around with him about being last of the time lords and all this and she's like right okay you've told me who you are i get it let's go you know so it's, yeah. it, again it's quite important in that sense so yeah, it is. but i just love it that i really the first time i watched it really choked me up at the end scene it's brilliant yeah you know? it's cool there is, I was going to say, the music sells it as well. The, the scene with the fan, that scene, the music from Murray, oh. it's, it really sells the scene. I'll tell you what, mate, I'm a sucker for the old Murray soundtrack from series one through to four. Yeah, I, when I, that piano beautiful. kicks in, yeah. when she's like, um, dun, 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 yeah. that piano kicks in, it's like, oh, it's beautiful murray that's rose's um, theme isn't it rose's yeah. theme yeah love it and um it's especially emotional when you hear it live when i heard that oh, at the proms yeah. and the the air just got sucked out of the room and there was that mm. gasp when you um goosebumps man totally um and yeah speaking of rose we did have the uh the expected mention of bad wolf oh, well i was trying we? to think when you said that earlier because i've forgotten when when does she mention it? it well she doesn't it's um it's the mocks of Balhoun talks about it with the face of Bo. Does he? See, I must have when missed that. that. Yeah, yeah, when everyone's sort of socialising in a big hall and everyone's having drinks and stuff, they're having a chat and he mentions, you know, he mentions Bad Wolf. And at the time, when it's went out fresh, everyone would have been like, okay, yeah. But, you know, in hindsight, it's like, ah, this is like, you know, one of those little mentions, the little key story arc. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's good. I like how they put it in there quite subtly again. I'll have to re yeah, I didn't pick up on it. I must admit, it must have gone over my head. Probably a bit like the first time I watched it. I didn't notice it, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll look out for that. Because I, I would happily watch this episode. It's it's a very easy watch. You know, it's one okay. that I could quite easily put on and, and just enjoy. That's how, how I look at it. It's not bad. I, mm. I, it's probably wouldn't one that I would reach for initially from series one, but mm. it's certainly not one that stays on the shelf forevermore. Just going back yeah. to the music for a second. Yeah. Um, did you find yourself bopping? Because we this is quite unusual, <laughs> Doctor. Here we actually get not one but two songs, like not Murray Gold, but we get um, Tainted Love. Yep. Uh, from Soft Cell, mm -hmm. doing doing do with Chris doing the old neck waddle. Yep. Um, little... And then later on we get Toxic, Toxic um, from yeah. Britney Spears. Now, I don't know about you, but surprisingly, I think they work quite well. Um, and I I don't know on paper I would have said, oh dear, what. I think they work quite well, actually. Do you know what? It's not bad having no. having a, a soundtrack, not a Murray Gold, but a, an actual song in Doctor Who. But if you just said to me, oh, next week, um, Brit they're going to have Britney Spears Toxic in Doctor Who, I would have been like, oh, you're joking. You, yeah. you know, in my head, it would have been terrible. But actually, it just kind of fits and works really well. Well, it was of the time, though, as well. Yeah, That was when Britney Spears yeah. was a lot more popular and so on but when they do put 
actual, not necessarily pop song, but when they put songs in Doctor Who, it can work really well. Yeah. So like, um, uh, probably for me, the best the best that they've ever used a, a song is Vincent and the Doctor at the end. Oh, athlete, athlete, yeah, yeah. You know, so when when it's done, when they do put a song in Doctor Who, it can work really. really I think this works as well because it's got a playful yeah. um, sort of New Year's Eve party feel about it. You know, it's especially when you see the Doctor like, you know, doing yeah, his do, neck popping thing. Yeah, no, I don't know it. I don't know. It, to me, it just works. I don't know why it works, and I in some ways it shouldn't work but i just like it yeah. yeah even the toxic bit you know with rose you know getting burnt because that's the bit isn't it is it, is it whether yeah yes yeah, it's, it's a very crazy way placement of a song mm-hmm. but it it does does do the do the job yeah sure. and quite unusual for doctor Who, isn't it mm-hmm. yeah is there anything you want to mention buddy before we get on to no. our scores no no I've, i think i've got the checklist i think uh i think we've covered it cool right so scores on a door i think it's me to go first and I will go in with a six. Oh, that's a bit low. Do you think so? Ooh, well, no, that's... that's I t- I'll tell you, well, I gave that- it a six. Uh, initially, after I first... Well, after I rewatched it this week, in my head I was thinking it was a seven. Mm. That's what I thought after I watched it. But there's just something about it that just, I don't know, just pulls me back. I know. There, there's something about the story or... Maybe the script or the direction. I'm not sure. But it's just when I... Th- I think when I'm, while I'm watching it and for about half an hour after I've watched it, I think, yeah, that wasn't a bad episode, really. That was pretty mm. good. And I was hovering around a seven. But after that point, I just don't really think about the episode too much. There's yeah. a lot of forgettable things happen, but there's a couple of really good things yeah. memorable. So, yeah, for me, it's a six. What about you? No, I, I totally get it. I yeah. totally get it. It's not... It's not- the strongest episode at all. I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I will. You just mentioned the direction. I do want to say I think it's well directed by Euros Lin. Is that how you say it? Euros, yep. Yeah, Euros Lin. Really well, nicely yep. directed this, I think. Um, well, I am going to go slightly higher. Um, I'm going to go for 7.5 because I, I okay. just really like this episode. Yeah, it's not the best, but I just really like it. I, I always have, quite happily sit there and watch it. So 7.5 for me. Okay. It seems to me that the the... The last 10, 15 episodes, you must have enjoyed them all more than me. Probably, yeah. Because you seem to be scoring them a bit higher than me consistently. Am I? Yeah. I'm just looking back to see what we've done. Yeah, so so last week, The Twin Dilemma, you gave it a 6.5, I gave it a (laughs) 4. The Vampires of Venice, you gave 6.5, I gave it a 5. We both gave 9s for Tomb of the Sidemen at Midnight. Uh, four to doomsday i gave it a five you gave it a four. Oh yeah that's right you like that one don't you mummy on your express eight for me 8.5 mm. for you claws of axos seven eight for you um vincent and the doctor 9.5 for me actually nine mm. for you uh we both gave war machines eight 42 we gave 7.5 anyway um it seems like you're scoring like one or two points higher above yeah so maybe i'm not sure what to gauge from that but I'll tell you what I think it is, um, possibly, is it might be uh, a bit of a nostalgia thing for me. Because, um, you know, like Twin Dilemma, I watched when it first went out because I'm afraid <laughs> I'm that old. Uh, so, yeah, it might just be that there's a little bit of nostalgia attached to these, some of the stories that knock it up for me, if, okay. you know, if, you know, if you know what I mean. 
Like for example, for for example, this one, the end of the world, like that. That end scene has always stuck with me from the very first time I saw it. I just that last couple of minutes, I, I don't know why, I just love it. <laughs> um, so I still get that buzz yeah. when the episode finishes. So that that kind of knocks it up a few. So it okay. could be that, or it could just be that we got different tastes. It could just be that you like Doctor Who more than I do. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. Rightio, what did you guys think? Um, let's do, what should we do first? Let's do an audio clip first for a change before we do Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Let's do Joe Sweeney. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you guys are well. Here's my thoughts on the end of the world. I thought um, it is quite a good episode and and perfectly well written from Russell T. Davis. The story and the concept of it was, was perfect. And um, CGI and um, and the the effects of it was um, um, spectacular. Christopher Exerton was excellent as a doctor. Um, Rose was slightly annoying because she spent most of her time moaning and showing less gratitude towards the doctor. So it was a little bit off-putting. Lady Cassandra was most underwhelming and annoying villain. And I'm glad she got killed off in the next series. And I must say, Slavina is my uppermost hated villain of series one. And the and also the ending had a um, a nice touch to it with the time war arc. So I thought that was a perfectly well end to the episode. And also it had um, some nice um, aliens in it as well. Other than that, very good episode. Quite enjoyed it. So I'll give it a score of. Eight out of ten. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, guys. Speak to you soon. Take care for now. Cheers, Joe. Thanks, Joe. He went higher with his score than I thought he was going to, actually, from what he was saying. Yeah. Mm. Cheers, though, mate. Uh, on Twitter, we had um, our good friend George Garrity, who likes to give us his review over 50... Multiple tweets. 50 tweets or so on, yeah, which is quite funny. So he's going. he says on Twitter, uh, I'm going to have to call this one the worst of Series 1. Oh, no. I can feel the ranking uh, triggering Colin B already, although it's not bad, just average. Although nothing really happens in this episode bar spiders running around after a piece of sentient skin. Cassandra. Uh, It's quite nice to see the Doctor and Rose grow closer together. Eccleston is great, as per usual, with his great witty quirks and brooding feel at the end. The aliens do seem a bit naff but they're the first attempt at aliens for 15 plus years. So it's excusable. And there are some nice ideas for aliens in there. Overall, uh, it gets my average five out of 10. Okay. And he goes on to say, PS, just to clarify by my average, I mean that five out of 10 is my score for an average episode. Not that, not that I average at giving it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers, George. Thanks, George. Five out of 10. Right, cool. Over on Facebook, um, we had... Uh, Sammy Satine. Hold Sammy. She always jumps on immediately. We should get Sammy to do the synopsis because she always manages to sum it up really well in like the first two lines. (laughs) I know. She's really good at that. Yeah. She goes on to say, uh, Rose's first trip in the TARDIS and she ends up on a space station hovering above the Earth on the very day it gets roasted by the sun. (laughs) Not entirely convinced it was a wise choice for her first trip out. Still, I love all the different aliens. The first appearance of the face of Bo. Yay. Uh, Cassandra on the other hand the skin trampoline I am less pleased to see but I love Zoe Wanamaker still she could be a bit um, 
Still, she could be a warning a warning for anyone considering extreme plastic surgery. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure Britney is the wisest choice for the song you play when the earth dies. I'm sad about Jade, uh, the steward, the big blue alien and Ruffalo. Uh, in the end, uh, I feel sad. No one witnessed the earth dying. Still love how Rose decides uh, she wants uh, chips at the end. I think mm. since Rose, all the doctors have a soft spot for chips. She gives this eight out of ten. Out of ten. Thanks, Sammy. Cheers, Sammy. Uh, more audio. I think this is the first time this this person sent in audio, so thank you very much. It's Daniel Fox. Hello there, Gary and Adam. Hope you're both well. So, the end of the world. I'm very glad you're doing this one, actually, because, funnily enough, I did watch this one last Friday. So, I was very glad to hear you're going to be reviewing this one. So, it's fresh in my head. Um... Overall, I thought it was quite good. Not as good as Rose before, though, in my opinion. Because um, I thought Rose had a bit more action to it. I thought this one could have had a bit more action, maybe a few more jump moments, maybe. Although it did have some good ones. Uh, I love the Moxa Balhoon. I think he's very cute. Uh, one of my favourite aliens in the show. Um, but I do have a concern, because he is a bit of a chubby creature. And by the year 5 billion... You'd think that by that time they'd have good treadmills to cope with that sort of monstrosity. <laughs> but anyway, I did like this story uh, in general, so I will give it an 8 out of 10. Hope you have a good show. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thanks, Asenda. I'm laughing because um, he described him as a chubby creature, and now I'm concerned because Gary <laughs> compares him to me. And it's all becoming clear. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much daniel shall we keep the audio clip train keep going? it coming yeah keep it coming this is from who addicts this is matt rowney that was just a little solo from billy hey there <laughs> hey. Gary. Adam, i hope you're both well um so the end of the world for me i think it's a very underrated and a very enjoyable story. It doesn't stand out as being one of the all-time greats, but I think for the time it aired, it was just the perfect story. I mean, I was watching The Rings of Akaten the other night, and it just reminded me so much of The End of the World. I mean, the similarities are quite baffling. I, I mean, I think as far I, I think The Rings of Akaten is, yeah, they're, they're both the second episode of that respective companion's tenure. Um, they used both episodes to showcase what Doctor Who could do at that time by having a random array of different monsters. And the same goes for the end, uh, the end of the world. I think um, with it being the second episode of the modern series, the first adventure that we'd truly gone on in the TARDIS, it really did show what modern Doctor Who could do. It was a, a real advert in a way, you know, it was a it was a, a taster of what was coming up in this brand new era of Doctor Who with brand new prosthetics that they were showing off with different monsters. And of course the CGI as well was used a lot with the, the world, you know, getting blown up and stuff. So I think it was the perfect episode for that time. You know, it was easing brand new viewers into a new generation and I thought it did the, that incredibly well. Of course... Looking, you know, comparing it to other episodes, Cassandra is a mediocre villain and, and one that I don't like to go and rewatch. She She is annoying and, you know, the robot spiders aren't menacing in, in any way whatsoever. So the narrative itself is maybe a little bit weak, but the context of the episode, I think, is just fantastic. And um, there are some really good moments between the, the Ninth Doctor and Rose because, of course... <laughs> because, of course... <laughs> Because, of course, it is her first trip in space, so we're kind of taking that journey with her. So, yeah, some great scenes, especially at the end when the Earth does blow up and, and Rose kind of 
it feels bad and at the end when she gets back on Earth she, she can't believe that she's stood on the same planet that she's just seen die. So it's a really nice, light-hearted, feel-good story. Of course it's not the best narratively, but I think for the time it aired, um, I think it was a really very enjoyable one. So I'm going to be generous and give it a 7 out of 10. So take care, keep up the fantastic work, and I'll see you guys next time. Seven from Matt. Cheers, Matt. And Billy is um, Matt's parrot. I love hearing him chipping in in the background. It's nice we got a little solo as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. He's quite a talented parrot, that, yeah. uh, that Billy. Um, interesting comparison to the Rings of Akaten there, isn't it? Or Akaten? Or... Yeah, the Rings of Akaten. Mm. We'll have to do that one, won't we? We will definitely Someday. have to. One mm. one day. One day. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll it's, do that. We will do that one episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cheers, Matt. Uh, back on Facebook, Lewis Palmer says, pretty good story. Uh, nothing special but enjoyable. Give us some more info about the Time War, which is nice. Uh, the aliens are very creative, and the scene where we are introduced to them reminds me of the cantina scene from Star Wars, mm. uh, just for the fact that there are loads of weird and wonderful aliens everywhere. Uh, CGI hasn't aged well though it's still better than what we get sometimes today. Yeah. I also really like the ending. Overall enjoyable story. Not amazing, but a fun way to spend 45 minutes. 7.5. Hey. Hey. More audio. Let's keep it going. Alex Kingdom. Hello, Garam from the Blue Box Podcast. Uh, the end of the world. I honestly think this one is kind of... Ugh. Um, As I said in my YouTube review, I think it had the right intentions, but the payoff was kind of lacklustre. Um, honestly, I don't know what, um, happened. It had the right, the, the, the groundwork was there for me. It was fine, it was good. But after that, you know, after you dig into it a bit more, it's bad. I mean, it's just not like fun. Um, I mean, seeing the new aliens and different races, like the Mox Barhoon, Face of Bow, Tree People, Avatar... I don't know why I called them avatars. And then I like the plot with the, uh, like the uh, where, where it's placed in time at the end of the world. I mean, Eccleston's fine, but Cassandra the villain lets it down as well. But yeah, so honestly, I kind of not really a big fan of this one. How I would describe my viewing of it is with Formula One cars, if, if it's dried and with grip, and if it's raining, they normally get a bit slick. And basically, I struggle for grip when watching this one. I always slip around a bit, and I can't really focus on it. There's not enough to keep keep me going. So I'm going to have to give it a 5 out of 10. To be fair, all Russell T Davies had to do to fix it was put in some rice pudding or Jago and Lightfoot. But no, <laughs> we got the trampoline made out of skin. <sighs> See you guys next week. Not a positive one from Alex this week. Not enough grip. Not enough grip. And mm. uh, unfortunately, Alex, we can't solve every Doctor Who problem by putting Jago and Lightfoot <laughs> in there. As much, you know, however, however cool that might be. It would be cool. We but... just can't do that. Mm. Yeah. But thank you very much for your, for your comment. It's really cool. Uh, Master, back on Facebook, Master Whovians says, this is my favourite episode ever. Really? I love it. As a kid... It showed me the wonders of Doctor Who, and without it, I doubt I would have become so obsessed with the show. Mm. It took the show to new territories with great aliens, a great story, and a nice introduction to new viewers of the science fiction format. 
I also remember trying to hunt down a Mox of Balhoun figure, which took ages to find. Uh, keep up the good work with the podcast, guys, and be sure to check out our channel for new uploads every Friday. Yeah, so Master Hoovians have got um, a pretty good YouTube channel. They do their own reviews and all that stuff, so check them out. Um, but yes, I, I quite like that comment, that this was the, the one episode that really sort of brought you into the show and sort of guided you around you know, the new world of Doctor Who and new aliens mm. and so on. So that's that's very good. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, that's what we were saying at the beginning. That's kind of what you'd think Russell would be trying to do with the second episode, and we weren't too sure whether it quite mm. did that. So, yeah, it's good good to hear that it, it did. Good, good times. To some viewers, yeah. Yes. Uh, lastly on Facebook, uh, Danny Brown says, Entertaining episode, although the CGI now looks dated and stories... Um, sorry. Although CJ now looks dated, the story still stands up well. Uh, good performances from all the cast make the story for me a 7 out of 10. I agree. Pretty decent. Nice one, Danny. Uh, last audio clip. This is Jay Kent. It's the end of the world as we know it. Hey, Gary and Adam, hope you're doing fantastic. Now, I adore End of the World. This is the first big-budget episode Doctor Who dipped its feet into since its revival, and it shows off just amazingly. The range of aliens and the CGI effects are brilliant, and I still have to distinguish what's real and what's digital today. We're introduced to many individuals and concepts here, such as the slightly psychic paper, the face of Boreman, and Lady Cassandra, who has the best acting I've seen from a flap of skin. But I can't believe she tried to frame all them people because she's well, she's on a frame. Never mind. This episode is simple but effective <laughs> with both funny and tense moments, including the death of Tree Woman, whose design, like the rest of them, was beautiful. But it did get tainted love and toxic stuck in my head for two weeks, so I don't know how to feel about that. But still, I'll give this episode a five billion out of ten. Actually, no, let's be realistic. A, a strong nine out of ten. Hope you have a good rest of the show because this podcast is hot. Even hotter once the sun expands. <laughs> I, lo- I love Jay's. There's just always a little nugget of something in there that makes me laugh with Jay's, uh, with Jay's comments. So thank you very much, Jay. Awesome. I love how Jay's brain works. I just want to pop it into a jar <laughs> underneath <laughs> a frame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not sure how you feel about that, Jay. Just think of Morbius. Morbius, yeah. Think of, no, brilliant. Just simply won't do. <laughs> um, thank, thank you very much, Jay. Uh, anything on the Geeks Handbag page? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, just had uh, one from uh, Dean Jones. And uh, Dean says, a decent second story with great imagination in the creature designs and gives us a hint as to what the show can do with the time travel concept for the new series. It's not perfect. Some of the characters aren't well realized enough and some of the dialogue isn't the strongest. And Cassandra is an okay, but not great villain. Dean's giving it seven out of 10. Seven. Seems to be the average score for this one. Yeah. Around it's, seven. it's good. Cause I, yeah, I wasn't sure whether this one really connected with people, you know, I think it often gets kind of forgotten about. So yeah. quite glad that it's, uh, there's a few people out there that like it. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Next week. Oh, next week we really are doing a classic. It, it is deemed one of... It, it's in high esteem, isn't it, this one? It's definitely classics. in high esteem, this yeah. one. What is um, it, buddy? Bizarrely, I thought we'd already done this, uh, probably because we've chatted about it, I don't know. But uh, fourth Doctor story next week, The Robots of Death. Yes. Please do not throw hands at me. <laughs> And this one would have influenced, in, in my opinion anyway, this this show directly influenced um, the look and feel for 
the uh, Titanic episode, one of the specials that Kylie oh, Minogue yeah. was in. Yeah. So, yeah, some strong links to, to newer Who. A lot of inspiration drawn from this one. Yes, and it's Baker. When did we last do a Tom Baker? Oh, when did we do Baker last? Um, trying to think what it would have been. Let's it, have a look at the it, list. It was The Brain of Morbius. Oh, was it? Oh, really? Yeah. The J of Morbius. The Brain of J. Oh, no, I've gone wrong. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing that scarf-wearing Doctor back on my screen. Yes, it never gets old, going back no. and visiting the fourth Doctor stuff. Mm. So, yeah, I think we've got to wrap there, buddy. Okay. That is episode 88, done and done. In the can. In the can. Thank you so much for sticking with us, and uh, thank you once again for sending in your uh, audio clips and all of your thoughts and comments. All good stuff. We love that about you guys. Yeah. It wouldn't be a show without you. And I mean that. I mean that sincerely. We wouldn't have a decent show if it wasn't for our decent listeners. No. Oh, well, it's always good to interact. Yeah. and find out your views yeah yes. love it welcome aboard the TARDIS Pearl we can't wait to see well we can't wait to see what's written for you um, but <laughs> very much welcome you on board uh, into the world of Doctor Who it's one of those things as well as an actor you probably got that brief right away to say you're probably going to be talking about Doctor Who for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah you know so good luck on the convention circuit and um, yeah good luck just talking about Doctor Who now this will be the one role that will come back and you'll be asked about and spoken about forevermore which is all good I wouldn't mind that actually no what do they what do they call it the pen, they say your pension sorted if you get a role in Doctor Who your exactly, pension yeah. never have to worry about it of course yep next week can't wait to uh, talk about the fourth Doctor story the robots of death that's going to be a good yes. one yep and we look forward to hearing your thoughts on that as well. So look out for the usual Facebook post and Twitter and so on. Head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all the previous episodes there. Plus, you can link off to Facebook and Twitter and give us a like and a follow. For those who listen to us and subscribe on iTunes, if you could leave us a rating and a review. We had, um, we had a handful recently over, next, over the last couple of weeks. You guys have said some very kind things, so thank you so much. So if you are an iTunes listener, give us a review. That would be awesome and helps us out a lot. Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. You can find him on YouTube and Facebook. So many good videos. Go and check out Adam's stuff. Um, anything coming soon? That's good. Next one's probably that, that silver screen one. Oh, yeah. man. Well, you've got, come on. You've been teasing <laughs> this for over a year. I know. I know. Two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I only just got to finish off the X-Files unboxing. Did you like that? That was very good. Did you like the X-Files, didn't you? Yes. They, they actually do look like... They're quite decent figures. They actually. do. Yeah. They do look like the person, yeah. which is always good. Um, yeah, I just need to film an intro and an outro, but cool. it's otherwise it's all filmed. But I don't know when I'll... I don't know. This new <laughs> job, mate... It's just yeah, it's taking its toll on the channel, course, but um, yeah. yeah, it'll it'll get there and ho- it'll hopefully be worth the wait. Cool. Yeah. So check out Adam's channel. Until next week, though. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember. Uh... Uh...